Welcome. You're listening to Wedding Venue Business Radio, a podcast for anyone who is thinking about starting or is already a few years deep into their own wedding venue business. Whether your property is on the beach or in the middle of the country or smack dab in the heart of downtown, this show is designed for you. I'm your host, Ami Quirconi. I'm the author of How to Turn Your Rural Property into a Wedding Venue Business, and I have a new business book called The Fearless Woman's Guide to Starting a Business. I'm a business coach, consultant, former wedding venue owner, and I'm here to help you. So if your dream is to be your own boss by hosting one of the best days a family has in their lives on your property, then you're in the right place. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. Hey, so this one is going to be about off-season planning. And if you're in the wedding venue business, when we're done with our busy summer schedule, um, usually the last thing we want to do is uh, think about more weddings. We actually do need a bit of a, a break. Um, especially if you've got two venues like I did and you're working your tail off every week and every weekend. But there is a couple of key things that you can actually do with your business in the off season that gives you the break that you need, but also allows you to leverage the engagement season and to maximize a lot of the energy that's happening and ideally get you some good habits and patterns set up so that um, even though it's the off season, you know, you don't get a little you don't get too lazy. Let me just put it that way. Um, but you know exactly what it is that you should be focusing on. So you can keep your head square and you can keep your eye on the prize. Now, um, in this podcast, in the podcast notes, uh, there'll be a link to a place where you can actually download a checklist of off-season to-dos that I've created for you um, that's based on this podcast episode. So you don't need to worry about trying to uh, hit the pause button and write everything down. I've got something really easy for you to grab. But if we talk about the off-season, um, for most people anywhere in the uh, around the world, honestly, with the exception of maybe the Southern Hemisphere versus the Northern Hemisphere, and even in the United States, there is the Southwest versus the Northeast. You know, we do have a little bit of micro-seasons that vary. But as we know from the statistics that most of the weddings actually happen in the summertime, and that's usually because it's dictated by school schedules rather than weather. Um, and so for the most part, we're talking about a summer season that may be as early as May in some areas, possibly April for the hotter areas, and then continues in through September. Now, we also do know that October is a busy month because a lot of people do love to have a fall wedding. And sometimes people do like to go with an off season, you know, maybe a call them a bookend wedding, something at the either the front end of the traditional season or at the tail end of the, of the traditional season, because there might be an opportunity to save a little bit of money. But let's, for the sake of argument, let's agree that off-season starts in October, um, assuming that you have a late summer. And then I have plans and things that I would do pretty consistently from October through March that would allow me to, again, focus on certain tasks and responsibilities, as well as keep my eye on the prize when it comes to getting in front of all the couples that are getting engaged starting November, peaking in December, and then tailing off through um, Valentine's Day. So again, you can go into the podcast notes and download these uh, key things and a checklist for you to be able to use, print out follow along if you'd like, but October, it's the perfect time to start thinking about it. So in October, while you are thinking about your break, what I really want venue owners to do is get in touch with all your past couples. 
the ones that you just actually hosted and had out on your property and make a point to reach out to them and specifically ask for testimonials. Um, If you have a Google page, if you have your profile on the wedding wire or the knot, your Facebook page, wherever you can get it, if you want to just grab it in an email as well so that you have something that you can put on your website, just remember to circle back with everybody in a nice email. Let them know that you were honored to be able to host their wedding with you um, and on your property. We, you know, you had so much fun that day. Maybe even throw in a nice little note, um, you know, something that was very personal to their event that really actually made you excited. And I hope that all the weddings had a little bit of something that made you stoked about it. And then ask them if they would be kind enough to leave you a review so that other couples could get the benefit that they did and be able to have an amazing experience at your venue like they did. Um, Wording it in that way really does help people understand that um, and that they can help you out. And they can also help another couple. And if they had a great experience with you, um, they know how important it is for other couples. And so it's kind of like a camaraderie thing. But you don't want to wait on reaching out to them because... You don't want to wait until the honeymoon period is over. And what I mean is like the glow from their their big event. And so get them while they're still feeling all the warm feelings and all the warm fuzzies. And that way you get really, really great, um, heartfelt and super emotional and awesome testimonials for you. Now, in the same vein, in October, it's a good time to start tracking down the photographers. And if you can, start get your hands on the photos from the weddings so that you have them organized and batched and ready to go because you're going to use them during engagement season to um, be the source of most of your social media content posting that you're going to do and your content planning. And so if there's two things you do in October, it is reach out to your couples, get your testimonials, reach out to photographers and get permission to be able to share some of their images from those weddings. And the couples may have that as well. But again, what have I said before, you want to tag your photographers and give them all the credit because they work really hard and they do a fantastic job making sure that everybody, including your venue, looks great. Okay, now when we roll over into November, we're getting ready to kick off engagement season, which actually happens around Thanksgiving, because as you recall, this is when people start making these family visits, these vacations, and they are wanting to get to these family gatherings and share the big news. Plus, got to be honest, what happened is that a lot of these couples went to all their buddies' weddings in the summertime. They got bit by the love bug. Maybe a little bit of pressure was placed for them to finally make their decision as well. And so between the end of wedding season and right up until the holiday season, there have been a lot of big moves going on in terms of getting engaged. Now, so what you're thinking about here is you're going to think about what's my budget going to be on social media advertising. And this is the time of year that I actually do recommend that you spend some money. It doesn't have to be a lot. It can be like a couple hundred bucks for the entire season. Um, but have some money set aside to be able to boost ads on mostly Facebook is what I would recommend. Um, and then start to create and batch and schedule all your engagement season uh, social media content. Come up with a strategy on what you're going to say, what weddings you're going to profile. You've got these testimonials coming in. Maybe get on an app like Canva and create like a cool graphic that's a testimonial graphic. Start getting those published and scheduled. Um, But give yourself some time to think of nothing but creating social media content. Now, also think about where your couples are on their journey, right? They aren't ready to book when engagement season rolls around. 
all they're thinking about is getting engaged. And then their awareness level, remember the, the journey that I talk about in my book, awareness, consideration, decision? This is awareness stage. So you're going to show up and be in their newsfeed as super helpful in helping them figure out how they're going to narrow their choices down to what kinds of venues that they may consider getting married at. And this is really going to be the theme of your social media content plan for the next couple of months. In addition to showing, again, we want to build trust with the couples, this incredible season that you just wrapped up and how you nailed it as a venue owner and all these happy smiling faces of people that really loved doing business with you so that as these couples are becoming their your new couples and your new customers, they're starting to see your face out there and they're beginning to build trust because you're becoming familiar. But remember, you're not asking for a ring, no pun intended. You're asking and showing up to help them as their buddy. So what are they looking for? They want tips on how to pick a different venue. What are the different types of venues that they could consider? You also maybe want to share with them some tips on where they could propose in your town because there's lots of great places for people to do proposals. And those are going to be kind of the search terms that people are going to be typing into the search bars, um, whether it's on Google or they're going to be asking their friends on Facebook or wherever it is. And you want to get yourself gently and without being rude into the conversation so that again, your name and your venue keeps showing up and starts to become a familiar thing to them. Okay. Now, At the end of November, once engagement season kicks off, I'm giving you a warning. Start to get your financials put together for this whole past season. Because in December, engagement season is beginning to peak, but this is the time to go back through all of your financials of the past year so that you can set your new price that will go into effect in the next year. Now, I know People have different preferences on when they actually like to adjust their pricing. As I've said before, I'd always prefer doing it on January 1st, and there's a couple of reasons. One, it makes the financials clean, right? It's a year-to-year um, you know, way of doing your books, and most people do a January through December financial book um, so they can close out the year, get everything put together for their taxes, and then be able to um, send them off to the accountants and stuff like that. So it makes sense that you don't end up messing around with budgeting or anything like that by having a price difference jump in the middle of the season. But here's the big one that I loved about it. When you actually have um, a moment in the middle of engagement season in which your venue price is going to take a jump up, you have a chance to create some scarcity in the couples, right? And I mentioned this in the book. So for the people that are on top of their engagement, they're getting engaged early in the season, like November and December, if you've been getting messaging out there about the fact that your venue price increases on January 1st, you might actually motivate some people to consider booking with you sooner than they may have considered before because they're going to save themselves a couple hundred extra bucks, right? Plus, it allows you to, if for people that wait until after January 1st, you get to maximize, you know, what your um, revenue is going to be for the following season. And sometimes there's this overlap between people getting engaged and actually getting married in the upcoming summer and those of them that are getting married like in the next year. And so... Um, what is a benefit for those people, let's say, you know, we're in 2021, you're getting some 2022 bookings, but somebody's booking for 2023, they get to lock in at a 2022 price, which is really going to be a motivator, especially if you have a record of always raising your prices on January. And you can actually use that as a selling feature when you're talking to people 
um, that are looking at 2023 venues. And so in December, you're reviewing your financials, you're determining your next season's price, and then you're setting up a marketing campaign to get the word out about that new pricing. Ways I used to love doing it was jumping on all the Facebook groups and making sure that I posted like, hey, everybody, planners, let your couples know that our prices are going up. And if they want to be able to lock in at the current price before it jumps to have them set up an appointment with me, and at least let's get your tour in the books um, before you know the pricing changes. And you can be a little flexible, obviously, with people. That's you. You're the salesperson. I can tell you how to do it. But if people at least came in and toured and then they booked within a few days after January 1st, I still honored the price. But that one's up to you. Now, I do want to mention that in November, December, I actually do expect your tours to go down. And that's because in the flurry of engagement season, people aren't really booking yet. And again, they're focused on holidays. Um, They're focused on all the energy about that. And there isn't a lot of booking activity going on. So if you haven't already planned this in your financials, always keep in mind that there could be a slowdown in cash flow and not to get surprised by that. Okay. Now in January though, this is the first of the year and there's like this peak between Christmas and New Year's. I mean, we've all seen the stories, right? The New Year's Eve engagements, the fireworks are going off, the ring comes out, the champagne is there, the kisses, the tears and all that other good stuff. I love it, right? I love it. So your tour drought is about ready to end and the hunt is going to begin because once we get past New Year's Eve, the couples that have been getting engaged November through December, they're ready to start um, picking. Now, remember, um, the statistics show a lot of them jump on Pinterest to start searching for their information. So you want to make sure that in your social media posting, you've also been up there putting in some new information and some new um, photos on Pinterest for them to find you. So you want to keep your social media pressure going because engagement season still isn't over yet. But this is a great month to start to make sure that your venue is all cleaned and prepped for tours again. And if you have any significant remodel projects that you plan on doing in the spring, make sure that you have clear descriptions about what those are and you're ready to talk about it when the couple start showing up and emailing you um, and coming back out to the property. January is also a really great time to go through all of your prop, your policies, your checklist, your marketing literature in print and on your website and get all of that up to date as well. So if you have somebody that helps you out with that, um, focus on January on making sure all that kind of housekeeping is done because the closer you get to wedding season, the busier it's going to get for you. And so take this downtime in the off season to do this housekeeping that allows you to show that you're current. Um, And also when you do a kind of a a look back on this past season, you might want to make some changes to policies. I know I always did that. It was kind of like, okay, well, I need to be clear with this rule when I'm, you know, uh, whether it's like kids or drunks or alcohol or time or, you know, charges or whatever it is. And so it's always a good idea to just go back and then make Make sure that everything's done. You might also have created a checklist and it was incomplete, but now you've got some time to sit down and now you can add a few more things to the checklist. Maybe you decide you're going to add them and print them for the catering kitchens. I don't care what you do, but I'm just saying like in January, good time for housekeeping stuff because you're not quite busy yet, but you're about ready to get more busy. So you're going to update policies and checklists. You're going to have your venue prepped, tidy, and ready to show off again, and you're going to keep your social media pressure going. 
Now, as we roll into February, we're in the home stretch. Engagement season is coming to an end. Now you're balancing advertising and awareness building and tours, right? You're now moving couples from awareness and into consideration. And so your um, early birds, you're increasing the pressure by showing them and letting them know that you've got new bookings. And so one of the cool things about February is as you're starting to book, start to promote all the new couples that are booking with your venue. Remember I said in the book that one of the best runs that I did on social media was every time somebody booked and signed with me, I took a photo of them with my phone. I posted it on my Facebook page. I welcomed them to the family and it was huge. It it got everybody included. It felt like, you know, we were building this cool season coming up. Um, Everybody, even if they weren't, you know, in the same family or they were the same couple, every couple felt like they were at least a part of the same vision, right? And so this also puts the word out into the market that you're hot that the dates are going fast. And if anybody's thinking of booking with you, they cannot delay. They need to get their rear ends out to your venue and they need to set up that tour and get on the calendar. So you should, if you have your online calendar published, which I do recommend, make sure you're updating it after every new booking so that people that are sitting back on the sidelines but watching can start to see those dates go away and then promote it on Instagram and promote it on Facebook, okay? Um, and so I think that that's a great one. And so now you're going to start to transition your messaging from the helping people pick a venue to, again, the consideration stage, but also um, for couples that are in those planning stages, right? So some of your messaging is, and like I put that in my blog um, guide on content calendar. Um, But, you know, if a couple is already booked with you, then some of your social media posts will want to talk about like, you know, how to uh, uh, like get your good footwear out there, um, things to consider as you're putting your guest list together, you know, any of that other kind of helpful, useful information. Okay. All right. Now we're coming into March. This is really the end of the um, off season and some of these specific activities, because after March, it's possible you're going to be doing so many tours. You're going to have some work that you're doing outside on the property, but venue hunting is still continuing. And so in March, it's a good idea to start to get your operations plan for the upcoming season. That means figure out if you're going to take any vacations this summer, you're beginning to see how busy your summer is going to be you might want to be able to put in some breaks. And if you're going to do that, start to figure out how you're going to cover weddings if you're going to be gone. Um, It's also a good time in March to start to batch some summer social media posts to save time, right? Because in the summertime, when we're working the weddings, we don't have a lot of time or energy to sit there and keep that constant pressure, you know, on social media. And so you don't need to do a bunch, not like you're doing an engagement season, but you do want to do a handful of, and I always suggest like, pick some of your favorite July weddings from the past seasons and then have a couple of posts designed around them as like throwback Thursdays or just some design ideas. But the idea is to be able to allow people as they're still looking at your venue in the summertime to be able to see what it looks like at that month that they're considering booking with you. Um, you still book weddings in the summertime and the more way, the more ways you can connect the way it looks in the, um, in the actual season, it's going to be their event, the easier it is for them to imagine their wedding at there. That was really hard for me to say for some reason. So uh, March is create your operations plan, batch some summer social media posts so that you can save time, 
Also, if you're going to be doing any improvement projects outdoors, weather permitting, of course, get started on those so that you aren't running right up to the first wedding of the year and you're still doing construction projects out there and keep booking new couples. So that is my off-season plan that I would do with my venues. It helped me, again, stay focused on what was most important at that time. It also allowed me to do a lot of planning activities um, that I didn't have time to do Uh, during the wedding season, because again, you're up to your eyeballs and emails and open houses and the weddings themselves, and you're still trying to do tours. And so there's no reason why you can't actually be productive without actually overworking yourself during the off season. And so the planner, again, if you actually go into the podcast notes, you'll see a link that'll take you to a place where you can download this. And I hope that you guys make the most of your off season. And if anybody has any other questions or comments, feel free to email me. I know some of you have done that, and I think that's amazing. Amazing. I'm here and available. And until next time, have fun. Thank you for listening to Wedding Venue Business Radio. All of the information talked about in this episode can be found at weddingvenuebiz.com. There you'll also find links to the book, online courses, and a way to contact me if you have any suggestions for the show or are interested in business coaching. Until next time, have a great day.